Hello, um, Harry, uh, Adventures Harry, welcome to the podcast show tonight. Are you there? Good evening. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome back to our podcast show. Um, and uh, we hope that your holidays were okay. How's things going down that way with uh, you and your your wife's uh, illness? Is everything okay? Uh, we're we're doing pretty good. Yes, um, her chemo is over with, uh, so she has to go back. Um, once a month for the next year to have an infusion done and have uh, some testings done to make sure everything is still clear but she's doing much better thank you for always asking about her and checking in on us i greatly appreciate it thank you thank you and uh, like i said welcome back to um uh, another episode of our podcast today uh, our topic uh just for everyone out there is going to be the uh the body of Christ. Um, I've been doing a little reading of myself on it, and uh, it's an interesting topic because my first question um, is, if we are the body of Christ, do you think that is what is wrong with our churches? Are we the problem with our churches, Adventurers? Here. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I have to say this, that the major issue I find in churches is the lack of uh, uh, faithful men and women of God and in, in their personal walk with the Lord. Uh, Amen to that. I, I, I really believe that. We can say that we're Christian, but our actions speak much better and much louder than words. Amen to that. Um, so if when I was doing my um, research on um, the body of Christ, Paul, and this is interesting, he was the original one who supposedly uh, started the, the theory that <clears throat> that we are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, like you say, aren't really following that uh, that doctrine. Right. And their lives and their lives, their lives their lives the problem. Why do you think that it is such a big issue right now for us to, to actually believe that we are the body of Christ and to really follow suit what the apostle Paul said? Well, I think what is missing, if I can just uh, be opened, I, yes. I, believe, well, I believe what is what is missing, uh, sister, is this Galatians chapter five, talking about uh, the uh, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, kind, kindness. When we look at people who are in the body of Christ, we should see the fruit of the spirit in their lives and in many cases it's really not there i mean if you have if you have bitterness for instance uh towards someone and uh then you can't 
be displaying the fruit of love. You can't be displaying that fruit. Okay. It's, it seems to me that back in, I, I came in church in 1972. Things were so much different there. There was such a fire burning in the hearts of people. And you could see that. I mean, when I came into church, as messed up as I was, I had a lot of people that really helped me and encouraged me and surrounded me and whatnot. We don't see that today, sister. We don't see that in, in our churches. And uh, it's really a shame to think that we have come this far and many have just given in to the things of the world. And so they're not displaying the love and the joy and the peace and the long suffering and the gentleness and meekness. They're withholding, they're withholding things in their hearts and that hinders the flow of the spirit of God to move. Wow. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah, and that and that thought is such a very powerful thought and concept because if you go, like you said, to churches today, there's so much different than uh, churches back then. Uh, even when I was first started going back to church, when preachers were really preaching the word. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if preachers today are really preaching the word, and that's why I think you know. Uh, this topic, uh, we are the body of Christ, but the churches are falling apart or has fallen apart. Yes. We don't, and we don't ever, we really don't know if they will ever come back really around to the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. Well, the standard, the standard of holiness has certainly departed. It really has. Um, okay. Uh-huh. I, I, I was talking about peace, you know. Uh, if we have Jesus in us, we have the Spirit of Christ within us, then we should have peace. Now, I know we all have troubles and trials and tribulations and things, but in the midst of the storms that we are faced with, we can have the peace of Christ. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave his only begotten Son. Jesus, he was the greatest gift anybody could ever have. Uh, he was known as the Prince of Peace. So if we have all these issues in our lives, uh, trying to live for God, we don't have the Prince of Peace within us. It's not there. I mean, he's, he's not... Uh, he's not there. He's not allowed to move in the hearts of people. You know, we should be free, free to worship God, free to express uh, your love and your faith and your hope in the Lord, free to move in the spirit, free to be used in the gifts of the spirit. But we don't see that like we did back in the old old days. <laughs> we really don't. So it's sad to say that preachers are... Uh aren't really preaching, aren't really talking, and really aren't really helping. I mean, yeah, there's a sermon going on at the church, but who's really listening? Who's really who's really listening? And who who's really listening? You know? Right. right. Unfortunately, not too many. 
I mean, when we look at our churches today and we look at people who who um, say that they're saved and say that they, they know the Lord, it, it's one thing to know of the Lord, but it's another thing to know him. And that's what he wants us. He doesn't want us just to know of him. Uh, he wants us to know him in a personal relationship. And um, when we look at our churches and the messages that are being preached, uh, I, I'm still a believer, sister, that what was what was sent back in, in the 19, uh, 1972 and whatnot, what was sent there is still sent today. It hasn't changed. Uh, I remember some time ago I was teaching on devotion a particular message, a lesson about things that are missing in the church today. And I had mentioned about, you know, many churches don't have altars. Many churches don't preach about repentance. Many uh, don't preach about the blood. And I had a pastor that was on online with me listening to me and he had texted me. Now, this is coming from a pastor. And okay. he said, and he said, brother, we don't need altars in our churches. We don't need to be preaching about the blood. It only scares people away. What? Um, and I said, excuse me, uh, but we do. What got you coming to church? The old gospel hymns, you know, and the altar and preaching of the blood. Well, you don't preach the blood, uh, sister. What do you have? You just have a social club. Well, we don't want to upset people. I would rather upset people and tell them that what they're doing is wrong and save their souls. I would rather tell them that than to try to sugarcoat things. And that's not what the gospel was about. And it's really a shame when you look at the church in the condition that it's in. And people say, well, you know, we're waiting for the big revival uh, to come. Well, a revival is not going to come unless you want it. A revival is not for sinners, per se. A revival is for the saints. So if you're praying for a revival and you're asking God for a revival, that tells me that you're not uh, spiritually in the right place right now because you need to be revived. Amen to that. Wow. And that that what you just said that preachers don't they don't want to scare people off. You know, I I read something about that uh, while I was doing some research and it did say that these preachers today, they they don't want to scare people off or what little people that they have coming to the church. They don't want to scare them off by telling them, preaching the truth. So it is in line line with what's going on. They don't want to scare people off. So it just becomes a social club, as you put it. It, It's all about about a social club. Well, we'll preach, you know, we'll water down the the message and we'll pray. But you don't want, but they don't want to preach truth. Right. Or, Or in the gospel. Yeah. And if you don't preach the truth in the Gospels, then how can they help people? How can they help people find their way back to God? That's that's it. That's it. And what's unfortunate, sister, is that 
I believe that a lot of people in these churches, when they go to the altar, I, I believe there's some sincerity there. But the problem is, when they go to that altar, and what are they told? Are they are they are they uh, teaching repentance that they need to repent and ask God's forgiveness and this and that? They're not told. Uh, uh, that they have to change their way of living and, and such. The Bible clearly says to come out from amongst the world and be separate and be different and be not like the world. And there, when you come to the Lord, there's got to be a change to take place. That, that's repentance. That's being sorry. David said, create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Uh, they are preaching that it's okay to do certain things. You don't need just accepting the Lord, and that's it. And they continue on doing their sins. And if they're not told or instructed and taught um, to leave these things, you know, uh, and, and, and serve the Lord, they're going to continue doing it. And that falls on the hands of the pastors and the elders in the churches. And brother, speaking of the pastors and elders of the church, so I read that the Apostle Paul, he said in so many words that elders and pastors of the word originally back then should have been tested, you know, um, before they were given a position in churches. Mm-hmm. Now, on that note, why aren't we testing our elders why are we testing our pastors? Well, that's a good question. Um, because I, I believe that calling and giftings of God are without repentance. I don't believe, and you may you may disagree. That's fine. We can disagree agreeably. I don't believe that the anointing or the calling, if if you're called to pastor a church, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you no longer want to pastor, you retire or whatever. And so you turn the church over to your son or your daughter who doesn't have the calling. What's going to happen to that church? Because God blesses the calling. And I know of a, an old, old pastor, started out very small, grew into a big church. He uh, had passed away. Church was given to his son. And uh, his son has just really watered down the gospel and uh, is not preaching like his father did. You know, and the Bible talks tells us at the, at the end of times what's going to happen. You know, they're not going to want sound doctrine. You know, they just want enough of... of I used to say this uh, brill cream experience. They just want a little dab, and that's it. And they think that that's okay, and it's not. It's not okay. Yes, I do believe that we should um, uh, do that, but it's not being done. I and I also remember. I don't want to just rabble on here, but I was in a, in a church meeting one time in in North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina. And I told the pastor, I, just the spirit was just on me. And I said, uh, Pastor, you need 
to know people who stand behind this podium and speak to your people. Because if they're not in the right place with God, you're going to cause more confusion and you're going to allow people to come in and disrupt your church and destroy it. And uh, about six months later, she, that, per, that pastor called me and they mm-hmm. said, you know, about somebody that you you had met here, you were absolutely right. They tried to tear my church apart. See, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's almost like like going to a job in the in the world. You you fill out an application. You right. you check on you check these people. You see how they are. I believe we need to do that. If a pastor wants to leave or whatever the case may be. I believe there's not a problem in in digging out and looking up somebody and checking them out and see how they are. Because you got a congregation there of people that need the truth. And if you don't know somebody and you put them in that position, they're not called for it. Chances are you've opened up a can of worms. You're going to have a lot of problems. Right. So they're not called to be a pastor. They're not called to be an elder. They're not called to be a deacon, but yet they're people, they're elected to those posts and they're not, they haven't been really called, called to do them. So they're not really qualified. That's, that's right. And then when they're not qualified to those positions, there is a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion in churches because they don't know how to lead the people in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Timothy clearly tells us, get, lets us know the qualifications. And if you don't meet those qualifications, you cannot put them in that position because you're asking for problems and heartaches. Amen. But, amen to that. But just like you said, yeah, that's what that's what it says in the book of Timothy. But nobody nobody's following uh, that doctrine. Nobody's following. The, the, the real teachings of uh, the book of Timothy or the St. Paul because if right. they had if they were then the churches wouldn't churches would like you did teach the, about the the blood of uh, Jesus Christ the cross mm-hmm. they, uh, they would teach repentance but nobody's doing that no These- no it's all a watered down feel good messages and that's not what's going to that that's not biblical salvation if if you read um go to psalms chapter 37 and read verses 39 and 40 it tells you in that in that scripture what the source of salvation is and if we don't if we don't let people know what the source of their salvation is we're doing them an injustice and I, I look at, at some folks that say that they, and I, that's up to them. They say that they're Christians and they're born again and they're still doing the things, uh, you know, against the word. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to accept them and their salvation. It really is. And it's, it's uh, just making things, it's just making, um, things even more um, difficult because the like you we're talking about like the blood of the blood of uh, Christ nobody uh, really 
you know, maybe they know about it, but nobody does anybody really care to know the real the real truth. Mm-hmm. No one, I don't think anyone really cares to know the real truth about the blood of Christ. Right. You know, they've heard it over and over and get it in Bible study or blah blah blah. So they just really, it's like you said, it's watered. The text, the context is it's watered down. Yeah. Yes, they'd rather believe a lie than believe the truth. Because people don't want the truth, sister. They don't. They don't want to know the truth. They want. They. Uh, they. They want uh, the appearance of the salvation, but inside the, they're they're dead. There's no life to them because they have not been taught. They have not been shown, and especially people in ministry. Uh, what is within you is going to come out of you. Okay. That's and, interesting. What is in you is going to come out of you. Uh, right. And if you don't, ha- if you yourself do not preach the truth, what's going to come? What are you going to give to the congregation? Whatever you have within you, whatever your thoughts and ideas and such it is, especially somebody that comes completely out of the world, sister, and has never been in church, they don't know anything. When they come in that church, they're relying upon that preacher or that pastor to show them and to teach them. And if you say to somebody, you don't have, you know, there's some things that somebody's going to say that you you uh, you need to let go of or whatnot. You don't really need to do that as long as you accept Jesus, you're saved. Well, I'm beg to differ because you can't you can't. Uh, Go out and 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 give your heart to the Lord and still serve the devil. Vinegar and water, oh, yeah. oil and vinegar does not mix. Light and darkness does not mix. That's why the word clearly says to come out from the monks. Then be separate, be different, be not like the world. But people are like that. People are trying to serve. People are trying to serve God. And people are trying to serve the devil at the same time. Well, I think what it is, uh, sister, is this: it's no longer uh, reaching for souls; it's getting numbers. How big can I make my church? How how big can I? How many followers can I get? It's it's become a numbers game, not a, not a soul saving uh, situation. Amen to that! Wow, what such a powerful, a powerful context. So, what should our, what should, what should God's people who are in the ministry, evangelists, preachers, etc., be like? What is the message you have for them today, brother? The fruit of the spirit, displaying the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness. If you're not displaying that, then I, you know, and, and the Bible also says, sister, you know, we're not to judge people. Judge not, lest you be judged righteous judgment. When someone comes to me and and lets me know that that they're saved, that they're Christian, I look for the fruit of the spirit. I look for that. Because you cannot say that 
uh, you're a child of God and have bitterness and hatred in your heart. You can't, that can't happen. You can't you, because the Bible says for us to we are to love our enemies. We are to pray for them. If we do not pray for our enemies, are we following suit with the word of God? No. If we have unforgiveness in our hearts, and um, are we following God? We're not to have unforgiveness. I, I, I look in my own life a lot of times, and I see all the stuff that I did before I came to the Lord, and all that I went through. I don't want to go back to that mess. I don't want to go back to those addictions and whatnot. And there were people that have hurt me terribly. But I've had to learn to forgive them. And that is what we need to we need to look into the hearts of people, not in how fancy the clothing are and all that nonsense. The spirit of God, what's in their heart? God doesn't look at all this stuff. He looks at, at our hearts. Amen. And if, and if we have love for souls that's in our hearts, we're going to speak out love with our words. If we have compassion in our hearts for people, it's going to show. And we got to have compassion on others just as the Lord had on you and I. And if it's not displayed, that is, that's an issue that needs to be dealt with. Amen to that, brother. And uh, finally, brother, tell uh, our audience uh, once again, um, how can they get in touch with you if anyone wants to uh, have you speak on your podcast show or the radio show or they just want to send a word of thanks to you? How can they get in touch with you? They can just uh, go on Facebook, uh, look me up, Evangelist Harry Saxton. You'll you'll find my handsome face there. <laughs> <laughs> And you can face, you can um, friend me on Facebook if you'd like. Let me know uh, that, uh, you know, our wonderful sister here, Julie. And uh, uh, and um, I can give them my email address if they like, to, if they like that. But uh, eagle.wings1018 gmail.com. You can send me an email or get a hold of me on Facebook love to hear from you amen and so we'd like to uh, thank you for being on our show I'm, I'm sure we'll have you back on our show later on in the summer or the early fall Amen. for, for some more commentary and I hope that uh, you and your wife have a happy and safe uh, holidays with New Year's coming up yes. and we'll talk again and, and the same to you you can reach out to me anytime your sister God bless you, and thank you for the invite, and we will look forward to doing it again. We will. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless. Goodbye. Bye. Mm -hmm.